Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You're only as good as your word, and he stands by his. This is The Roy Green Show. Today, it is clear more than ever that Canadians understand that a carbon tax is an ineffective policy that simply does not reduce emissions. A carbon tax reduces jobs, a carbon tax reduces opportunities by moving them from our Canadian communities to other areas of the world where they have no such policy. It's their choice, right? Uh, Premier Mo, myself, we're, we're deciding to take a different avenue when it comes to the carbon tax. I was elected with a clear mandate from the people of Ontario to get rid of the carbon tax and cap and trade, and that's exactly what we're going to do. So there is the Premier of Ontario. What's his name? Oh, yeah, Ford. And the Premier of Saskatchewan, Scott Moe. The reason I said that, Mr. Ford, I know you listen to the show. I don't know why your handlers won't let you back on this program, but it'd be kind of nice if we could have you speak with Premier Mo, who's with us tomorrow, Premier Ford, since you're on the same page as far as the carbon tax is concerned, but it seems like your party doesn't want you to talk to me anymore. What I do? I'm a good conservative. Not a member of the party, but anyhow, so much for that. Oh, I love this. Now, there was a question on Twitter by at Lynn LeBlanc. Where were you 49 years ago? Let's put the uh, beauties up, please. Where were you 49 years ago today when at the Real Buzz and Neil Armstrong made those historic first steps onto the moon? Congratulations to the Apollo 11 crew and to the thousands that made the steps possible. And the the reply tweet is, I was on the moon. Buzz Aldrin. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrific. (laughs) That's a classic, isn't it? That's a classic. (laughs) Oh, the four of us remember those, uh, that particular night. It was night in eastern Canada. Totally, yes. Yes, totally. Yeah, and I was uh, at a friend's girlfriend's place on a lake in in, uh, sort of north of Montreal, and I decided to drive home, and I... And I uh, went north instead of south. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I figured out I was in the wrong direction when the car ran out of gas. Oh, no. And I, and I, and I wasn't back in Montreal. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my. Anyhow, it's uh, Catherine Swift, WorkingCanadians.ca, Linda Leatherdale, um, Cambria, Canada Vice President, former money editor of the Toronto Sun, and Michelle Simpson. L- Mich- M- at Michelle Simpson on Twitter and former Liberal MP and seatmate to Justin Trudeau. So, uh, let's begin with this, please. Um, I was talking with Daryl Bricker earlier today, the CEO and president of Ipsos, and we were talking about a poll that they had just uh, released about the upswing in the fortunes of the Liberal Party over the last month in the somewhat sliding scale for the conservatives. But there's so many factors at play that it's not as simple as looking at the numbers, which we like to do, and saying, 
if this were an election today, this would happen because it's not that easy to figure out. But Donald Trump appears to be Justin Trudeau's ace in the hole. His trade warring has helped the federal liberals climb six points in the polls. What do you see happening? First of all, what are your thoughts on that? And what do you see happening going forward? Linda, let's start with you. Well, okay. Uh, this battle continues, as we know. And yes, I, I, I certainly listened, Roy, and it's interesting because, yeah, I think a lot of Canadians are very appalled. Um, you read the headlines, we're your friends, not your enemies. And of course, if, if Justin Trudeau sticks to it and fights back, then he is coming up. But this is a tough one. And, you know, we're not going to the polls right now. And I don't think it's going to be long-lived, uh, quite honestly. I, I think this rise in the polls is a number of factors, but I think the big one is the trade war. But I think Canada does have to stick to its guns. Uh, we have so much at stake here, and quite honestly, it baffles the brains as we are your ally, we are not your enemy. You know, there are so many people, though, in this country who are real fans, I mean fans, mm-hmm. of, uh, of Donald Trump. I did a segment uh, last hour as well. Mm-hmm. Where we are the uh, the hour before with uh, with uh, Colonel Peter Mansour, who is the former executive officer to General David Petraeus in Iraq, and he had real concerns about what Donald Trump said in the presence of Vladimir Putin. Uh, Colonel Mansour is a Republican, and when he was on the air with me many times uh, during the Barack Obama administration, he severely criticized Obama. And yet, just because we asked the question about Trump, whether he's now compromised believability that he has with people, just because we asked, uh, or because uh, Colonel Mansour questioned Donald Trump, I've received emails saying, you're such a left-winger. We will never listen to your program again. You're so anti-Trump. My God, he's 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 not the baby Jesus. He's the president of the United States. So lighten up, and the responsibility, Michelle, as Linda says, that we have is to Canada. Well, exactly. But I think he's, uh, Donald Trump is so unpredictable. I don't even want to predict about the, the um, tariffs on cars. I don't believe anything will happen until after their midterms. You know, I can't say that it won't happen. And if it does, it's going to be catastrophic for us, and it's going to have a huge impact in the States. So maybe they won't be so enamored with the relationship between Justin Trudeau and uh, Donald Trump being his ace in the hole. Okay, now, Catherine, there's talk about, and I'm sure you've seen the stories, that Donald Trump is trying to arrange a bilateral agreement, trade agreement with Mexico, cutting Canada out uh, at the top, just having an agreement with Mexico. What do you make of that? Well, I, listen, I, 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 I've, I've given up trying to figure Trump out. I, it's like, you know, roll the dice, baby. You, don't, you have no idea where he's coming from, it seems, at any given time. And uh, it's, it's, it's tough to fathom under any circumstances. But... I think that would be really, really foolish. I think Trump loves to be, well, he loves to be a contrarian. He loves to throw out some fairly outrageous possibility, like 
his initial problems with NAFTA was with Mexico, not Canada, as you may recall, <laughs> because, of course, Mexico has a whole different standard of living, much lower wages. You know, a lot of the auto production, et cetera, has moved there for cost reasons and so on. So this, this, is, this is just another Trump ploy, in my opinion, yep. um, that probably isn't terribly meaningful, and I, I don't know how much you can really invest in it. But, you know, but you know the, problem, it, the problem with this whole trade issue is, you know, the stakes for Canada are massive, massive. And I see people, you know, they, the, the, the public opinion poll you mentioned earlier, Roy, and I listened to you with Daryl Bricker earlier, and I have a lot of time for Daryl. I know him pretty well, and he's a very reputable pollster. And if Canadians really think, you know, us saber-rattling with the U.S., even though it might sort of feel good in a short-term sense, it's disastrous for our economy. It's disastrous yeah. for jobs. But what worries me is... We're not going to see the impacts tomorrow. You know, these, these kind of things take time to develop. And if, say, Trudeau, you know, ends up getting a bump in the polls for this, in my view, <laughs> very worrisome position and, you know, to, trying to take on the U.S. in the trade issue, which is kind of laughable because we're the, we're the 90-pound weakling in this particular contest. Yeah. Um, and then we see the impacts two, three years down the road, and he's elected again with a majority. Man, Canadians, let, let's yeah. little, give this a little more. Yeah, thought. Michelle, do you want to say something there? Yeah. No, I agree with Catherine. You know, it isn't going to be overnight, but if they do something drastic, mm -hmm. they are the giant. We are the ninety-eight pound weakling, and all of Justin's good hair and good looks are not going to ch uh, change that. Okay, so, so Andrew Shearer had better become Charles Atlas in a hurry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let me, let me I'm take... not holding my breath. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me take a break. We'll come back with Catherine, Linda, and Michelle, and we're going to talk about how, how this groping case has been dropped off the national radar and why significant numbers of women apparently are disinterested. Now, we talked about this in the first hour of the show. Not everybody heard this. And I've written a piece that you'll find on my webpage, RoyGreenShow.com. It's my latest blog ent entry. And it's um, and it, the headline is, Because It's No Longer 2015, Mr. Trudeau. Because it's no longer 2015, Mr. Trudeau. We'll ask uh, Michelle and Linda and Catherine for their thoughts on... This case being so you know, unwelcome, unpopular, uh, deemed unnecessary by many in media and intelligentsia. Why is that? That's coming up. And uh, Ontario and Saskatchewan aligning to not collect a national carbon tax. The Premier of Saskatchewan will be with us tomorrow. One of the most respected and experienced broadcasters in the industry. This is The Roy Green Show. Let's get back to Catherine, Linda, and Michelle, Beauties and the Beast on the Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. So uh, I, I wrote a piece that uh, is on my webpage, RoyGreenShow.com, and it's the most recent blog entry, and it's because it's no longer 2015, Mr. Trudeau. And what I said essentially was, in 2015, he made the statement that, you know, he's the feminist and he has the gender-equal cabinet 
But that's no longer good enough. It's three years later. It's the year of Me Too. And he's never answered properly or addressed the issue of the groping allegations in, in British Columbia. He's turned it around on people in Canada and said, we all have to inspect our lives, words to that effect. How do you how do you see this particular case? Do you want it to disappear? Do you think there should be a an independent public inquiry? I don't hear much response from women wanting more information. I see it actually. I did see it on Twitter, and I did see it in emails, but didn't hear it on the air. Uh, Linda, you first. Well, Roy, I said it before. Um, hashtag Me Too. It, it, it's it's become overwhelming and and to me uh, a detriment to what I call our legal system in Canada. And here's a point, Roy. You know, Trudeau back then, he was single, he was whatever. Groping is unforgivable. Come on. But when you read now, and it's back-rearing its ugly head, that Donald Trump allegedly had an affair with a Playboy bunny, tried to pay, keep... Yeah, but Linda, Linda, what's that got to do with Justin Trudeau? Because people are reading all of this. He was married. He just had a baby. But what's, it, but what's it got to do with Justin Trudeau? Well, what I'm saying is that in the news, we're being inundated from all over the place. But Trudeau's looks innocent in a way when you compare it and stack it up to all the other ones that we're reading. Well, I'll tell you, if, no. if I had a 28-year-old daughter, yeah. I would not be looking at as innocent. Justin Trudeau would be getting a visit from me, and it wouldn't be very pleasant. Well, I know uh-huh. that, Roy. But I'm trying to just say, why are women, I think it's overwhelming. I think yeah. that we are lynching, and I think it's getting crazy. So he got involved. He accepted the responsibility. He's the one who was quoted. He's yeah. the one who gave statements. So the rest of us have to look into our own lives. We have to do this collectively. So he took it on. And he's never explained to us what he did. Michelle, what are your thoughts? Well, he set the standard, and he's booted out cabinet ministers and other caucus members for less. You know, he set the standard. So it looks to me, you know, I'm not saying it's the end of the world, but it looks like two-tier justice. Catherine, should there be an independent public inquiry? Uh, yeah. I am so tired of public inquiries in general. Uh, I, I don't know that that will accomplish anything. So, what do we do with this? What do we do with this case? Well, it, well, I think what we do do, and it's happening. Even though you're right, Roy, uh, a lot of the so-called you know mainstream media, whatever you want to call it, has definitely deep sixed this issue uh, to some extent. But it's very much alive on social media. And, the, and as Michelle was alluding to there, you know, he set the standard. He made this a, a black and white situation, right? You were right or you were wrong. There was no middle ground here. And, and, he, and then, of course, he, when he's, the, you know, he's an implicated, suddenly it's very gray. <laughs> yeah, that's hypocrisy big time in my view. And, uh, and I don't think he can be, you know, he, if he hadn't have been such a, an arrogant, you know, uh, um, uh, entitled guy who who was so sanctimonious about everybody else that would that would have been another story but yeah. he was he judged everybody else on on a very rigid standard and he's now not measuring up himself yeah. i think this will be a big thing in the next election i think it should be yeah. but frankly I, I don't really see spending taxpayer dollars on a so-called public inquiry is the answer here i think it's something that needs to continue to be aired out there maybe eventually he'll be shamed into actually answering and not trying to imply well the whole world is you know it's not me the whole world is having to adapt to 
Well, that's that's been his, that's that's his that's, like his, his, that's been his position. That's been his position on everything all along. Oh, exactly, right? it's I'm, nothing new. And I'm and the chosen he's, one. He's cowardly on this, in my view, very cowardly. Okay, so we have another issue here: Ontario and Saskatchewan aligned to not collect a national carbon tax. They're aligned against the carbon tax. Uh, if Alberta votes UCP, likely next May of next year, um, Jason Kenney said that he will he will join. What? What what has the what's the impact of uh, Alberta and or at least uh, Saskatchewan and Ontario uh, teaming together against this, and what's the impact going to be of Alberta joining, and why are the rest of them not joining, Catherine? Oh, actually, quite some of the, uh, the you know the premiers' meeting was this week out in in, in Halifax, and uh, a number of the Atlantic premiers also were expressing um, yeah, PEI. reservations or outright. You know, opposition to the whole concept. The PEI said it won't, they won't collect it either, but they haven't joined Saskatchewan and Ontario. No, not, no not, not in that sense, Roy. But I think when you have, listen, Saskatchewan, Manitoba is also in, in this. Um, when we have, uh, I'm babysitting the granddaughter, so I'm feeding her candy <laughs> right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> Um, you know, when you have major provinces, and Jason Kenney is fully expected to win the election in, in Alberta next year, it, this carbon tax, in my view, is dead. And if the feds uh, try to impose it anyway, well, you know what? Good on them, because then they can wear it. Okay, and I have so one minute. Le- they flubbed it off to yep. the provinces. Yeah. They can wear it now. Okay, I have one minute left, 30 seconds each for Linda and Michelle. Linda. Oh, on this topic, the carbon tax has to go. Yeah, yeah. I call them cowards. The other guy should have, you know, legally we can't do that. Well, come on, guys. For the betterment of taxpayers in this nation, you should have stood up and defended those people who vote for you. Rex Murphy did a great job in a column in the National Post today. Yeah. Just, well, he always, he's a spectacular writer anyway. Yeah, he is. He's terrific. So, uh, should we ask the uh, granddaughter, Catherine, or can no, we no, move on to Michelle? Yeah. <laughs> Keep her powder dry. <laughs> Michelle, 30 seconds. Go ahead, please. No, I agree. I, I totally agree with Linda. So I used up less than 30 seconds. Aren't you amazing? <laughs> a politician who s- finishes early. That's, that's, that's like a St- shocking thing. That's like Stephen Harper. Good on you, Michelle. <laughs> that's like Stephen Harper. When I used to go on a speaking Here we go. engagement, <laughs> I said I was elected for my brevity. Well, isn't that great? Yes. You and Stephen Harper. Because I no, had, I didn't duck and weave. I had, I had, I had Harper on the show one day, the former prime minister, when he was prime minister, and we had fifteen minutes. Uh, I had about twelve questions for him. I he answered them all in seven minutes, and he answered all the questions. He didn't duck, weave, or move around. He answered Ooh. the questions, and nice. I said to him, "Well, prime minister, we have eight minutes left. What do you want to talk about?" So we talked about hockey, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beauties, thank you so much. Hey, thank you, Roy. Thank you. See you next next Saturday.